Lord, we just love you. We declare it to you today. We're determined not to go through one more day without declaring our love to you. Lord, we just give you glory and praise and honor today. Thank you in your greatness and in your bigness dwelling in our smallness and considering us that important to you. Lord, thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Come on, would you just declare your love to him one more time in this place for his presence being here. Give him your best. Come on, he's worthy of your best right now. Lord, we declare our love to you. We worship you. And we thank you that you're for us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, amen, amen, amen. Come on, before you grab your seat, stand up real quick. Look at somebody standing next to you and say, I don't know about you, but he's for me. And I hope you are too. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And I'm so glad to be in his presence. Come on, would you give it up for our worship team? Thank you, Justin and Melissa, for being with us. They'll be with us tonight, leading us into God's presence. And uh, I got to hang out with them last night. Just amazing hearts to, to get to the throne of God. And I hope you felt that this morning, the overflow of our heart to get to God's throne. I don't know what you've been through or what you're facing or what you're fighting, but uh, come on, we need, we need to continue to run this race. We're almost to the end of the year and I know we're all looking for that 2021, uh, uh, 2020 finish line. And, uh, I, but you know, I don't know if it's necessarily just a, a new year. I don't think it's just a calendar page. I think it's a heart condition, right? I think, I think that we uh, need things in our heart from God in order to, whether whatever 2021 looks like, to continue to run with strength and endurance. And so, We've been in a series called Made for the Middle, and uh, we're going to jump into part four today. If you're online, would you give it up for our online campus? What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in and joining us. We'd love to have you back when you feel safe, or if you're watching from somewhere in the world, we thank you so much, and it's an honor that you'd be checking us out online today. I, I pray that you could feel God's presence there with you, and uh, I pray that you would know he's for you and with you wherever you are. Uh, also, tonight we have Encounter. It's going to be amazing, an hour and a half of just worshiping God and getting in his presence. Some of you, that's what you need. Some of you, I feel like the Lord told me that some of you are, are medicating with all the wrong things. And so the medicine that you need is God's presence is him. And, and I really believe that I, I know with my own life that, uh, that I, I couldn't have been and become who God uh, called me to be without his presence. And so I want to encourage you to get into that tonight. Maybe if you have time, 630 uh, to eight o'clock, we'll be here. Uh, we're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, everybody ready for Thanksgiving this week. Anybody ready for some Thanksgiving? Anybody, anybody do tur turducky? Anybody do that? Anybody do some turducky? I, 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 you know, my, my nephew makes turducky and uh, I mean, that's a whole nother ball game, right? It's like, it's like I, didn't, I had to look it up online to figure out what it even was. Right? It's like, you know, I, I know there's, uh, there, there's like, uh, uh, tur tur there's turducken, excuse me, turducken. That's what, he's making turducken. Anybody do turducken? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's bad. I know. It's like, that's a turkey and a chicken and duck all in one, right? It's all three. It's, it sounds disgusting. But anyway, um, there's a lot in the middle of that. That's why I'm talking about that. We're, we're made for the middle. And so um, we're going to have to uh, look at the word today in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, and this is really an amazing verse um, or passage, several verses that, 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 that go right after Hebrews 11, where, where Paul has been correcting uh, the Christian's theology uh, for about 10 uh, chapters in Hebrews, saying that Jesus is the better thing. Come on, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're fixing, Jesus is better. He's the better thing. And uh, Paul teaches that all through Hebrews. And then he jumps into Hebrews 11 and gives us an example of what faith really looks like. It gives us a definition and then, and then some examples. And then he jumps to Hebrews 12. They're kind of connected and talks about running this race and really is speaking to you and I. And this is uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. He's talking about those 11, that the, the list that he just talked about. He's connecting us, therefore, is connecting us to those people in 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The word endurance means actually remain under. The, uh, endurance, remain under. And race actually means agon or agony. Let us remain under the agony. Thanks, Paul. Let us remain under, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him was not the cross, it was this, it was you and I, it was us declaring our heart to him. For the joy set before him, you and I, he endured the cross, despised the shame, went through the pain, and sat down at the right hand of God. Verse three, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary or discouraged in your souls. One translation says, unless you faint in your mind. Come on, I don't know about you, but I've had my mind about give up in 2020. And we need to run with endurance by looking unto Jesus. My title for today is very simple, middle management, middle management. Come on, any middle managers out there, you know the pain and the struggle and the tension of middle management. There's the, a tough struggle in middle management. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, the example, Jesus, that you gave us in Hebrews that, that we see here in, in, in you running this race for a joy that was before you, that you say we can look to you and receive endurance. Lord, open, open up our hearts today to you and to, to your spirit. Holy Spirit, do, do your work and show us Jesus more than ever before so we can become more like him. And, and thank you, Jesus, that you show us a perfect picture of the Father. Let someone know the Father's love today like never before in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Middle management. We're heading into Thanksgiving and it's going to be a big day. You're going to, some of you are going to travel. Some of you are going to hang out with family. And, and, there, and listen, there, there's a lot of management to the Thanksgiving day. There, you're going to have to, if you're going to get all God has for you on and off your plate, you're going to have to manage the day right, okay? There's going to be, there's going to be some things. If you want, there's, you're going to have to have some portion control. You're going to have some, have some time management. You're going to have to look, you might have to turn down several dishes. You might have to say no to green bean casserole this time. Come on, somebody. And somebody's shaking their head. That's the first thing I say no to. There's going to, there's going to have to be some management of the middle of the day. There's going to have to be some midday nap management. If not, you're going to have, you, you might say, I don't need to manage anything. I only get one plate. I don't trust you then. If you don't like leftovers, I don't trust you. If you get one plate of Thanksgiving, I don't trust you. I mean, you're gonna, and, and there's, there's family, you're gonna have to manage multiple meals, multiple trips, multiple houses, multiple families. Anybody got all those different meals you get to go to and got to go to both, <laughs> you know? And you, you manage that meal because people are watching and you might, you might nap out by noonday and then you're gonna cause some family drama, some family strife. If you give up early, you have to manage the meal. There's, there's, you have to pace yourself. Any, anybody pace themselves at Thanksgiving? Come on, if you, who eats one plate at Thanksgiving? Come on, just, oh, I'm so sorry. Here, here, here's the thing, this, this text drops us into the middle of a race 
where we have to manage some things, that we have to manage the middle and the tension of the race. We have this whole picture of Hebrews in chapter 11 where, where there's this example of these men and women of faith running and, 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 and giving their life and accomplishing things by faith, but then we're dropped into this roller coaster ride of, 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 of life called Christianity where we have to manage the tension of, of, of being in pain and hurting and running and trying to serve God and, and all of the tension that that entails. And Paul says that if we don't manage this right, then we're going to grow weary in our mind and give up in the struggle and not even be able to take another step in the race. And so I, I love how Paul tells us to look to these examples before and says, look, look to them and, and begin to, to manage the tough parts of the race. The hardest parts of most races are in the middle. I mean, if you think about it, the starting block, you're excited and you're pumped up and you're ready to go. The finish line, you can, it's hard, but you can see the finish line. You're like, here we go. But in the middle, it's like you're just going and running and, and struggling. You're like, is it ever going to end? And some of you are in this middle moment and you're going, man, I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. Or if it, is, it, is it ever going to get to 2021? <laughs> We're ever going to have a finish line. And Paul gives us some ideas on how to manage the middle of the race, how to manage the meal, how not to, to pass out at noonday on Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. There's, there's more to do. There's a, there's a pace to this race. And I'm just going to give you several thoughts on how to race and not faint today. And the text really gives it to us. It says in verse one, I'm going to give you about four thoughts today, how to, how to kind of manage the middle of this thing called life, this race that you're in. We don't find ourselves in the starting block. We don't find ourselves at the reward yet. We're in the running stages of our faith and one day we'll receive the reward. But how do we manage the middle? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race set before us very simple thought realize that you're not alone realize that you are not alone that there's a cloud of witnesses Paul says that have gone before you men and women of faith that conquered kingdoms accomplished things by faith stood up and did some amazing things by faith subdued kingdoms uh, received dead back to life uh, some of them were sawn in half some of them endured in caves and caverns the Bible says the earth was not worthy of them and Paul gives them this example and gives us this example that there's this crowd uh, uh, surrounding us to help us run with endurance. I wrote it this way. The right crowd gives me the right courage. Come on, the people in this room right here, this, this to us together, worshiping God should give us the right courage. Like I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. There's a family of faith. There's people I can come amongst and I've got my pains and my problems and my dramas and my fears, but we're worshiping one that's alive. And I, and I just, I think the right crowd gives me the right courage. And Paul says, literally, there's this witnesses. I mean, you're talking about the, the list of names. You look at, at the stories, Noah and Abel and Abraham and David and Samson and Daniel and Sarah and Elijah and Enoch and people getting cut in half and suffering and people doing a whole lot more with a whole lot less than us. I mean, come on. Like people who didn't quit, who endured and, 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 and we're, you know, we're, we're just... There's so many opportunities for us and so much that we have in this day and age. And, and I think of these stories and it gives me courage. And here's what I love about these guys. Think about all the people that are listed. They had faults and they had failures and they had flaws. They had so many problems. And you know that Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith, like when it begins to talk about their life story and what they did by faith. And do you know that that chapter does not record one of their failures? You need to write this down because some of you need to hear this. God doesn't record how you fail. He records how you finish. So many of you are considering how you failed and how you fall in this 
looked here and you know people might have counted you out and, 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 and here's God going, I'm not looking at how you failed. I'm looking at how you finish. I'm looking at how you get back up. I'm looking at how you get with each other and how you run the race called life and how you manage the tension of the middle of the pain and the hurt and the things that you might be going through in the middle. I would suggest you get people around you who celebrate how you finish more than how you fail. That gives me courage and the right people around me and the right crowd around me will give me courage. This word witness, I used to think like they're up there in heaven cheering us on. It's not necessarily like they're cheering us on. It means that their life is witnessing to us. That the things that they went through and the things that they suffered and the pain that they endured and how they got through that, like their life tells us that we can keep enduring, that we can keep on running, that, that, that literally there's something in the text that tells us we're not disconnected from them. That we're still connected and that we have to manage our race and get to the end of this thing called grace and, and walk with God through, the, through, this, through this life to when one day we're gonna actually connect back to them and their reward is gonna make sense based on what we went through and what we walked through. Their reward isn't even complete until we're done is what the Bible says. And I just, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Number one, whatever you're facing today, you are not alone. That the, the right crowd around you, that's why connect groups are so important. We've got men's groups and some, some ladies' groups and some connect groups, and we're gonna start them back up in, in, in February. They're about to end now, but we start late, late January, February. Man, I wanna encourage you, get the right crowd around you. Don't do life alone. Some of you are alone by choice, not, not, not by have to. And so I'm just, I'm just wanna encourage you, like, like to manage your race effectively, you're gonna have to get the right crowd around you. The second thing you need to do, it says, let us lay aside every weight. Is this helping you today at all? Y'all, y'all awake today? Yeah. Helping three people. That's awesome. Is this helping anybody in here today? Yes. Come on, let us lay aside every single weight, it says, to run the race. Second thing, very simple thought. You have to remove weight to run right. You have to remove weight to run right. Years ago, you've probably heard me tell the story, but my wife and I were taking our family to the Bahamas and we're on this little plane going from, from Atlanta, I believe. I think we flew out of Atlanta and, and, and landing in a small airport in, 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 in um, the Bahamas. And so we're on the runway, getting ready to take off. We're in like, I don't know, aisle 10 or aisle 11 and they stop the plane. They won't take off and they say, excuse me, everyone in aisle 11 needs to scoot up two aisles so we can take off in this thing. I'm like, I need off the plane right now. <laughs> I'm like, if, if two aisles matters, if I get off the ground or not and live in this thing, this plane, I don't, is the engine bad? What's wrong? No, no, no. Weight distribution mattered. And so you don't really take, I had plenty of power to get off the runway, but weight distribution mattered. Many of you are wondering why you're not got off the runway yet in God. God's got plenty of power to get you off the runway, but weight distribution matters. He says, lay aside every single weight. We did the same thing when we were checking our bags and anybody checked their bags in and now if you weigh your bag and you're one pound over, it's like 400 extra dollars. It's like you put wings on that thing and fly it there. It doesn't, you know, you don't have, I mean, I could buy a ticket for that. So, so my whole family, we're like in the line, you know, holding up everybody, going through one bag, taking stuff out, trying to put the right weight in this bag, reweighing it, it's three pounds over, putting it in another bag, throwing kids clothes away. They're like, it's my teddy, I don't care, put it in the trash. We're going to the Bahamas, you know? I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like I don't wanna, I know it's gonna cost me extra to have a few pounds in that bag. Why am I so concerned about $50 on that bag, but not the weight that I carry in my soul day to day? I mean, what? You'll get down on your knees, hold up an airport line to get the right weight distribution, but you won't deal with that depression and that anxiety and that worry and that other weight that you're carrying around in your heart. 
And I just think that we should be that concerned. And Paul says we have to manage the weight. We have to lay aside some weight. And they're not necessarily sins. I mean, he differentiates between weight and sin here in a second. But the first part, he says there's weight, like lay aside the weight. Uh, Anxiety costs us. It might not be sin, but it's a weight. Depression costs us. You know, different things. Comparison costs us. We should be moving that stuff out of our bags and and getting it away from us. I mean, discouragement isn't a sin, but it, it weighs us down. You know, there's certain foods that aren't sin, but they weigh you down. <laughs> you know, binge watching Netflix isn't a sin, but it sure is going to weigh you down for this race. Gaming, come on, grown men, if you're over 17 years old, <laughs> I'll say it online. If you're over 17 years old, And you're playing video games longer than, I don't know, ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> An hour? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it, it's not a sin, but really, it's going to weigh you down, like day in and day out. Weigh you down from your family and your children and your dreams and your calling and God's destiny and God's purpose. It might not be a sin, but there's things that weigh us down. And God says, listen, you're gonna have to lay some of that aside. Some of you are mad at God that you haven't got off the runway, but you haven't laid aside some weight. You haven't laid some things aside. I'm just gotta, I gotta tell you the truth today. What do you need to remove to run what? To run right. He says, he goes on to say this, lay aside some, some, some weight. Then he says, lay aside some sins. He says, lay aside the weight and listen, and the sin that so easily ensnares you. The word ensnare actually means gets down to your feet. They would, they would run. The, the people in that day had these longer uh, garbs and they would, when they would run a race, they had to tie them up because they'd get in their feet and trip them up. And so he's saying, lay aside the sin that so easily trips you up. It's interesting. Uh, um, weights, they, they, just, they just wear you out. Sins trip you up. And so you can run with weights. I wrote it down like this. Weights tire you out. Sins trip you up. And so you, you can run with weights for a certain amount of time and you just get more and more tired, more and more discouraged, more and more. And God's saying, I got so much more for you, but you're running with these weights. Lay the weights aside. But sins, it's a whole different story. It actually trips you up where you're not running any longer. You can run for a while with weights, but with certain sins in your life, you're just back on, the, on your face. It's tripped you. And so God's saying, literally, lay aside some weights and the sin. I love how he says the sin. A lot of times we're like, man, we've got to get rid of all the sins. No, 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 no. He says, lay aside the sin, you know, that thing you do. Yeah, you. <laughs> you know, we all have the thing, right? Come on. Like, don't look at me so holy with a halo in here today. Like, the, we, we have the bent. We have the battle. We have the, the brokenness in our life. We all have that struggle, that thing. You know, that whatever it is God's saying to you right now, you would probably popped into your head right now. There's that thing that gets me, that thing that gets you, that, that one battle, that temperament, that weakness. You meet people all the time. You ever met somebody that says like, I broke my leg three times in the same spot, roller skating. You're like, you should, you should probably quit roller skating. <laughs> you know, like that, little, that, that person, they, they, they're like, you ever had 17 auto accidents? You're like, uh, you're a nice person, but you can't drive. This is, please don't, don't, don't ever invite me anywhere in your car. You know, it's like it's, it, that same guy you fall for. Is he a Christian? Well, no, pastor, but he gets me. He gets you hurt. He gets you abused. He gets you, he gets you impure. Yeah, the same guy. He doesn't get you. 
He gets what he wants, right? That same girl you fall for. She's hot, Pastor. She's fire, Pastor. She's smoking. Well, so is hell. Hell's, hell's hot. <laughs> hell's smoking. I don't know. I mean, she gets me. No. No, she gets you tripped up. I love y'all. Lay aside, lay aside, lay aside, lay aside the thing that gets you. Lay aside, get it out of your life. Come on, I cannot have Ben and Jerry's ice cream at the house. Get it out of the house. There's no negotiating with Ben and Jerry. He beats me up. They win every time. Why negotiate? Why negotiate? Just decide, just make today. Somebody, I believe somebody's gonna make a decision today. You know what? That's out of my life. That's gone. I've decided. He says, lay it aside. Many of you are tired. Here's why you're tired. Because you've accessorized your life with Jesus. <laughs> you, you've taken your old life. You've said yes to Jesus and you've put him onto your old life. You live the same exact way and you expect him to beautif beautify your old way of living. You're wanting him to make it look good and feel good and you're just adding him to the same sin or the same weight and you're, you're, you're bogged and weighed down and you're going, how come Christianity is so hard? How come I can't, how come I don't fit? How come I don't, how come, I, and it's like, how come I can't get connected? How come I just, it's, it's because you just added him to you. You can't have him as an add-on. He is not an accessory, he's a necessity. Listen, I, I've done it in my own life. I, I had to battle week to week to not play piggyback Jesus. Just carry him around to make myself look better. The reality is he gets inside of us and he's a necessity in my heart and in my life. He's the only one. He's not an external accessory. You get tired when you carry him as an accessory when he's actually a necessity for the inside of your heart to bring life change and, and lordship and transition and transformation and going, God, what do I need to cut out? What do you need to cut out? What do you need to lay aside? Help me, God. I want to run this race. I want to manage this race where I get to the finish line. We've got to lay aside some weight, remove some weight to run right. Ask God, whatever it is, what do, you, what do, I, need to, what do I need to lay aside to run right? The next thing, the third thought is this. He says, let us run with endurance, with perseverance, the race set before us. One trans translation says, the race marked out for you. Very simple thoughts today. Number three, run your race. If you want to manage this thing called Christianity and this, this race that we're all in, and I'm speaking to myself today, run your race. It says run the race marked out for you. It's Olympic language. It's talking about a race and a pace to the race. And it says marked out for you. When you go to the Olympics, I've never been there, but when you watch the Olympics and, and they're about to run a race, they say on your mark. And they'll say on their mark. On your mark. Get set. And then the gun. My, my question is, whose race are you looking to? Run with your pace and, and your grace. So often we look to all these other races and, 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 we, and we get distracted. My son and I went running. He's, he's 17 now. I've, I've run for 30 years and uh, I'm probably 30 pounds, you know, 50 pounds heavier than my son. I still, I thought I could beat him and just we could run and I'd be fine. I tried to, I set the pace for about a quarter mile. And I'm like, you know, he just, I love you, son. I'll see you later. Go on, fly. You know, I'm like, it lasted for a quarter mile. It lasted for like three minutes. That's it. Four minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't set the pace. I was trying to run his race. 
He outran me. He did his thing. I saw him later. Whose race are you trying to run? Whose pace are you trying to keep? Who are you trying to look to and keep up with them? And it's actually taking your energy and taking your endurance out of your life. Man, I think so often we, we, we try to run and we lose endurance when we're not running our race. I'm going to tell you for me personally, here's two things that take my endurance. I mean, and, and I battle these things. Two, two things, that I mean, these are big battles for me. And, and, and probably for many of you, they are. The number one thing that takes my endurance is listening to my critics too much. Like, I, I, when, you know, because I love people and I, I, I kind of want to please people and that's one of my faults and one of my, one of my weights I have to lay aside. And, 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 and you know, it's like, it's like, you know, listening to critics too much, you know, that'll mess up your mental endurance, listening to all your critics. If you decide to do something for God, if you decide to quit sinning and quit that crap and throw that aside, you're going to have people go, oh, well, you too good for us? No, I'm actually just going to run. You're going to have critics. You're going to have people that judge you. You're going to, if you want to do something for God, they're going to come out of the woodworks. If you want your life to change, they're going to come at you. And they're critics that are there to take your endurance. I mean, sports teams are, you know, and fans of other teams practice yelling at the team to take their endurance, right? You know, you look at a basketball game, they're screaming behind the free throw line. You look at a baseball game. I love baseball. It's like, bada, 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 swing, bada. You know, it's like, to get, what if they did that in golf? Golfer, 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 swing, golfer. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just everybody shouting at the, I mean, no, no, no. It's mental clarity. You need, you need, you want to, you want to run. You want to manage. You want to, I just want to encourage, don't listen to every critic. Don't listen to every voice. Don't let those things take your mental endurance. Who, who, who's my critic, pastor? Who are critics? Let me give you a simple definition of critics. Those that want to criticize without contributing. Anybody that's trying to critique or criticize your life without any contribution in your life, let me encourage you, listen to those that are invested in your life. Listen to those that are, are actually part of your race and part of your journey. That's the number one thing that takes my endurance. The second thing is comparison. Just comparing, like, like whose race am I looking at when I look at someone else's family, when I look at someone else's church, when I look at someone else's uh, business, when I look at someone else, and we're in a social media-driven culture, so it's so easy it's so easy to compare. And really for me, when I begin to do that, it just saps my endurance. It pulls it out of me. And, and Satan really fell out of heaven for that. He, he got thrown out of heaven for comparing. He looked at God and he said, I want to be like God. I, I, wanna, I can take him. I, I deserve that. And, and, he just, and he just began to compare. And, and, and Satan uses comparison as a destruction weapon for you and I. It's, the, it's one of Satan's number one tools of destruction is comparison and it will exhaust you in this culture. And I just want to encourage you, run your race. Run your pace. It doesn't mean you're going to be sprinting all the time. It doesn't mean you're going to, it might be you're walking. It might be in this season. It's your, just because they're running, it might be, I'm telling myself, it might be you're just taking one step in front of the other right now. It might be just that you're crawling. But you're not down on the track. You're not flat on your face. You're, you're moving, like run your pace, run your grace. You, you ever get into the highway and, you're, and I'm the guy that does it and you're in the lane and the traffic begins to slow down and you're looking for every other lane that's moving and you about kill 17 people, cross five lanes of traffic to get into the lane that's moving and then it stops and then you're cussing. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Your lane's going to get there. If you would have just stayed in your lane, the one that you got out of is the one that actually gets there first. You're like, it's karma, God. Oh. Karma's not real. I don't believe in it. Okay, don't judge me. 
Don't at me. Some of y'all will be like, I'm not listening to my critics. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> you, you know, I just, just decide. I'm going to stay in the lane God has me in. I'm going to run my race. Look what Paul said. Here's the thing. Paul said it this way. Who are you racing against? Who are we? You're racing against the glory of God. You're racing against God's best for your life. You're racing against what God's marked out for your life, not what anybody else has marked out for your life. And, and so Paul literally says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a, in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. He's saying how you run matters. How you race matters. Run in such a way that you obtain your prize and your calling. And, and as you're running right now through the rest of this year, as you're managing the middle or you have to have some middle management on what you're facing, I would just encourage you, like, look, look to God. Look to Jesus. He goes on and he says, you can run your race. How you run matters. You can endure. And how do you do it? Number four, the last thought, you fix your focus. I want to encourage you, if anything, for, for, for the rest of this year, for the rest of this day, for the rest of your life, but specifically just this season, like fix your focus. It says, looking unto Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of God. Looking unto Jesus. Run with endurance, the race marked out for you. Looking unto Jesus. Stay, remain under the agony of the drama, the agony of the pain, the agony of the, of the letdown, the agony of the discouragement. Let's stay under the agony of this thing called Christian life where you're still battling with your flesh, but battling with his glory. You're still uh, not who you used to be, but not who you want to be. Struggle and remain under the battle. Come on. Stay under looking unto Jesus, fixing your focus on Jesus. The word fixing your focus actually means you have to actively look away from some other stuff. You have to actively decide intentionally to look away from some of that stuff, from the discouragement and the, and the letdown and the, and the 2020 mess and looking away from the division and the hurt and actively looking at the one that endured, the joy, you and I. Here's the thing, joy is not a feeling, it's a focus. That you would begin to focus and it would be a, a joy in your life. You begin to look at Jesus who endured and, and made it through, that he's on your side. There's a crowd of witnesses, there's a church of people, there, there's people that have gone through the same things. Fix your focus. Fix your focus on him. What does it look like? What has he done? What is he saying to you right now? I'm a terrible photographer. We can go on a trip together. I can take a picture and it's birds and a building and people and some trash on the ground. You can take the same picture and it's like this piece of trash and a dog and it tells like a thousand stories. It's beautiful. Why? Because you zeroed in on a subject. Same picture, clear subject. Me, I take pictures and it's all, every, just clutter all in the picture. I'm, a I'm not a good photographer. I don't know how to zero in on the right subject. I just get it all in. Do you know life's pretty much the same picture for all of us? But, but the subject matter has to be clear. And the reality is whatever you're facing right now, whatever your, your subject matter of life is right now, if you focus in on Jesus, he's the only one that brings beauty out of the picture, that brings beauty out of the brokenness, that brings beauty out of the trash and the dog and the people and the pain and the work schedule. And the, he's the only one that makes it make sense. And so for you to endure and for me to endure today, I want, I want to pray for some of you to get back up again.
to be able to lay some stuff aside, to know you're not alone and to look to him and go, you know what? I can manage the middle of this thing called life. I can manage this race and I'm gonna endure. Some of you have sat down. You know the biblical term for backslidden? We think it's like back away from God. It's not, it's not way back away from God. The biblical term backslidden is where a donkey or a mule would actually sit down and, 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 and would not move forward. And when it would sit down on its back legs, everything on its back would fall off. Some of you have sat down on your kids. Some of you have sat down on your calling. Some of you sat down on your dream or your business. Some of you sat down and, and it's not like you're, God's mad at you. You've just, God's just saying, come on, you can actually endure. You can actually stand back up. You know, all of hell and Satan does not want you to stand up and make a decision to take one step after another and get back in the race called God. I want you to sit down comfortable. And I just want to encourage you today to stand back up on your dream to step back into your calling, to, to step back into your church, to step back into your purpose, step back into your family. You know, you can be at work and not be at work. You can be at home and not be at home. You can be standing there, but still sitting in the moment, right? I'm just talking to me. There's some things that God wants me to stand back up on. Maybe you've sat down on something and you need to stand back up today. I wanna to encourage you, if you need endurance, Come on, we're going to fix our focus. I, 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 know they, I, I know that happened. You're going to fix your focus. I, I, I know you're not where you want to be. You're going to fix your focus. I, I, I know that you feel tired out. You're going to lay some weight aside. I, I know that you keep getting, struggling with that. You're going to let some sins go. I, I, I know that it's, you're going to get back up again. Am I talking to anybody today? I just want to pray for you. I want, would you just bow your heads with me and, and close your eyes? And I, I just want to pray for endurance. Just endurance. Just Some of you are, are weary. You're like, God, I need, and you're looking at other people running fast and got it all together, looking at their pictures. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't have to be running around the track. You just, you need to just be maybe crawling, <laughs> maybe just get, get up and walk. If you're here, I, I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward, but no one's looking around. If you say, you know what, Jamie, pastor, pray for me, pray for me. I, I need endurance today. I need to remain under some stuff that. I've been trying to sit down on and I, I need endurance. Would you put your hand up? I got my hand up right now. Anybody here say, I need endurance. My mind's gotten weary. My mind's about to faint. I, just hold it up. Let me pray for you. Father, you know all that we've been through. You know us personally, inside and out. Thank you that you don't record our failures. You record our finishes. And Lord, we're not at the finish line yet, so we can't sit down yet. We're not done yet. I know, I know Satan would try to tell people in here they're done. It's over. They messed up too big. You don't record the mess up. You record the message of Jesus. Thank you for your message, Jesus. And I pray right now for every hand that went up and every heart or every mind that's weary, Lord, that they would be able to actually get strength today and remain under what they're called to. Lord, not anyone else's race, not any comparison, not any, anything that would take endurance. Lord, infuse endurance by, by, by your power and your spirit today. Lord, we look to you. Lord, we fix our focus. We put blinders on and we fix our focus in this picture called life right now. Lord, we manage the middle of the tension we're in. We manage the transition. We manage the job change. We manage the, the, the letdown. We manage the divorce. We manage the loss. We manage the death. We manage the addiction right now by looking to you, Jesus. Lord, we, we look to you. We fix our focus on you. We manage the discouragement by looking to you right now, Jesus. You make it make sense. You endured the shame, despised the cross, and sat down on our behalf we look to you God 
Lord, I pray anyone in here that's been seated or been knocked down would be standing back up today and picking back up what you've called them to carry. I pray for dead dead dreams right now. I just pray for those that have laid down a dream. I just sense that in my heart. That you've laid down a dream. That you've, let, you've laid it down. Like you sat down on that dream. I say, in Jesus' name, stand back up on that dream. Come on, in Jesus' name, stand back up on that person you've you've discounted or that child that you've looked away from. Stand back up on that relationship. Stand back up on that marriage. Stand back up on God. I just heard that. Stand back up on God. Some of you sat down on God. You're like, man, I I haven't gotten off the runway. My race has ended. I don't even know if it's worth it. God's saying, stand back up. I'm here. I'm here. Come on. Take a step towards me and I'll take a thousand towards you, he says. Jesus focus on you today if you're in this place just for another second no one looking around I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that but if you if you would say you know what I'm not even in the race I need Jesus I need I've never given my life to him my life the picture doesn't make sense it's because you don't have a clear subject and he's the only subject matter that makes this planet make sense Jesus maybe today's the day for you to really surrender your life to him as lord maybe he's been an accessory but he's never gotten in your heart maybe you've never surrendered your life to him as lord maybe you've known religion or church or maybe your grandparents were christians i don't know but you know today you need a fresh start in god let me say this he's what makes it make sense and the bible simply says this if you would surrender your life to jesus second corinthians 5 17 if you would surrender your life to jesus as your lord you get a fresh start in god